The San Francisco 49ers look like maybe the best team in the NFL. Some ex-49ers got something to say about that on the other side of the country. And, of course, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch extended again by the San Francisco 49ers, the architects of that best team in the NFL. All that and more. Week 3 review coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there jumping in the live chat with us and hanging out. And uh, anybody that's maybe just driving to work on Monday morning, hanging out, listen to Locked On 49ers. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the fast and easy way to get qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, I want to get into some of the things we've seen here from week three so far, Croc, and we still have some primetime games to go here, but most of the Sunday action in the books, of course. Niners on a mini-buy, getting some rest here as uh, they played on Thursday night football, improving to 3-0 and on the 2023 season and getting rewarded for it, Croc. Well, it looks like maybe the best team in the NFL right now through three weeks, and, and we're going to talk about uh, – some uh, some ex 49ers that are that are putting up big points over there in Miami in a second that might have some say about this. Um, it's not the Cowboys that's the best team in the NFL. I think we saw that. So more on the rest of week three, Croc. But Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for the second time getting re-upped by the York family. And so um, new extensions. We don't know all the details yet. The 49ers just announced that they're multi-year contract extensions for both John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And I don't know if you draw it up the way they built this team, but they built this team and the 49ers look darn good right now, especially compared to all the other chaos going on in the NFL after watching week three, Croc. Is, was, was that like re-signing Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? Was that something that we were supposed to expect to see? Because I, it wasn't even a thought in my mind when I saw this. Were, were, were their contracts about to run out or something? No, they had already signed like six year contracts, right? I think I think maybe Shanahan's was longer than Lynch's or something like that, but they were both signed into the future already. So maybe this is uh, this is maybe uh, there's a lot of ways to look into it. One is just that look, there was weird stuff this off season, but guess what? You guys figured it out. It's a good team. Keep going, and uh, here's more money, and maybe you're closer to the the top of the league in both your salaries now than and you know i think they already were kind of close but who knows uh what other you know peyton's inside since then right so there's probably other some other uh dollar amounts that were that were worked out behind the scenes so no doubt kyle shanahan john lynch are being paid uh you know along their pay went up i'm sure along with everything else right maybe they wanted to lock them both in again with the same length of contract um maybe this is John Lynch as well saying, look, I'm not going to do TV. I'm here. I'm here to win Super Bowls, plural. I'm going to be here for a while. This isn't going to, I'm not going to walk away and let uh, Adam Peters take over, right? I am the general manager of this football team. Kyle Shanahan is the head coach. We are in lockstep and we'll be here for a while. And we're going to try to win a lot of games. I, I think that's maybe the big statement by everybody in the organization with this. 
Yeah, so it's just we're one, and we're just going to continue to build this thing, and, and hopefully we win in the process. But if we don't, I'm fine because we keep winning <laughs> games. We keep winning, having winning seasons. Uh, so Jay York, I mean, he's lining his pockets just fine, right? Like the, the money's rolling in. Uh, a nice little stability you have going with the 49ers, with John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. He's like, you know what? Even if they don't win the big one, which, again, that's we don't hang banners around here, right? Like, so you want to win the big one. But even if we don't, this is a good team that we have. And I say team, I mean John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, that's going to continue to make a lot of money for York. No doubt. I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, sort of – what the the overall conversation has been about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and where they're at versus some expectations for fans. Um, you know, like the, the accountability thing that was thrown out there during the off season because of all the Trey Lance stuff. And, and we've talked about it, of course, a ton crock. And, and, and one thing I've seen a lot is people saying something to the fact of, and look, all you got, not necessarily towards us, but just toward generally some fans and some media, um, and you guys said that the 49ers don't know how to draft. Look at this roster, right? And then they list all the all the picks. I think all along, like Croc, you and I have never even thought that their seats were hot remotely or that the 49ers were bad at drafting. I think the thing we've always talked about is the unorthodox nature of where they got to where they are. Teams don't get to, hey, we're the favorite to win the Super Bowl after just trading up to, for a top three quarterback and he completely busts out and you trade him for a fourth rounder inside of three years. That's never happened to my knowledge in the history of the game and may never happen again, right? The, the crazy, um, you know, how much better they are at hitting on not only good players, not only contributors, not only starters, but star players between the rounds five and seven. That's not how teams are built. The 49ers did this thing so unorthodox, it's wild. So uh, saying that they don't know how to draft was never it. It was they draft super weird, but have ended up with a great roster, right? Kyle Shanahan is an amazing coach, and you would not never even think about firing him because uh, just about every other team in the league, save maybe three, four, five, would hire him instantly, right? But... He's also done some weird things as well and might not be perfect and might have some management, some things he can, he can get better at from a management standpoint with you know, some of the, the, the choices they've made early in the draft, the trading up for Lance stuff, the, you know, how they ended up where they are with quarterback, which you can't say it's luck because they identified the guy and they drafted him, but they drafted him last, dead last. He wasn't the plan. It just happened. But they're able to coach an offense that can allow something like that to happen. As well, if Tom Brady goes to a team other than the Patriots, does he end up being Tom Brady? I don't know. Does Brock Purdy end up being Brock Purdy if he goes to another team? I think it's pretty doubtful, depending on which team he goes to. So, and depending on who you ask, I think. Right. There are a lot of people that were high. I knew enough people. Again, I didn't know who Brock Purdy was. I didn't watch Brock Purdy. I know my bro, Donald, he's right here. I know he watched Brock Purdy in college and said he was rooting for him. He said there were some weird things he would do sometimes in weird moments, but it really sounded a lot like Tony Romo. So maybe the 49ers said, okay, we at the very least like some things about his skill set. We don't think too much of it, but it's worth just having him on his roster. And maybe he can be another Nick Mullins. And then it turned out, hey, he's actually 
a lot more than than Nick Mullins. And and I think a lot of it comes from a movement standpoint. I don't know if that's like the biggest difference between the guys, like where where Brock makes some plays that maybe Mullins would, would have had to try to make from the pocket and that got him in trouble. Doesn't get in, doesn't get uh Purdy in trouble as much. But overall, just kind of how they went about that, I, I agree. I don't want to say it's luck because they've done it over and over and over with guys that they've identified as 49ers in mid rounds. But it is, like you said, unorthodox, really just the way they've gone about it, all of it. I mean, think about the linebackers. It's like these are all guys that played safety in college. And then it's like, no, you're going to come here and you're actually going to play linebacker. And you know what, Fred Warner, even though you were like this star position player at BYU, because I remember I watched him prior and I was looking at linebackers and I'm like, okay, he's kind of like this slide, like nickel. And, you know, they're like, no, we're going to put you at the mic and we're going to put the green dot on your helmet, not on Ruben Foster's helmet. We're going to put on yours. All right. So just the way that they've gone about being able to identify guys, fit them in certain spots, they've done a good job. And it hasn't always worked, right? Like think of Tarverius Moore. You know, he was a guy who was always a safety, whether it was junior college or whether it was at, I believe it was Southern Miss that he went to. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're going to draft you and we're going to put you at corner. Well, that didn't work out. But they've done that enough to where it has worked out to where their their process continues to be good for what they are. And uh, I think York looks at that, sees that, and he says, you know what? You, however you go about your philosophy, other teams might not try to mimic it, or maybe they can try, but they won't be able to. But you guys do a damn good job at it, and I want that to be here for the long haul. More on Lynch and Shanahan, and and I think the the one or the a couple of things that have really stuck out to me that uh, of, the, of the things that have really worked for the 49ers in that marriage of GM and head coach and front office and coaching staff going forward real quick. Gold blooded says York using uncle Eddie's blueprint. I, uncle Eddie, I think was even quicker to ax people and, and fire people. So I'm not sure about that. Um, we'll see. We'll see what, what it ends up looking like here in the end. And obviously uh, a lot of rings came with uncle Eddie too. Well, actually, I mean, he has been quick to ask people. And I saw someone in the chat earlier, uh, probably a few comments up, but he talked about how, you know, York learned from his lessons and is like, no, nah, I'm not going to, you know, miss on another hire. But it's like, well, he actually did hit on Harbaugh. And I think because of the way it ended, people kind of say, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. But he's like, well, he was the guy that went out. He hired Harbaugh, got him away from college football and St- St- uh, Stanford. Like, that was a big hire at the time. And because of the hire that York did, you went to three straight NFC championship games. It just kind of ended <laughs> very weird. Yeah, I think he learned from that. And right. and I he think he had a quick from, axe. He learned from the kind of personality he could deal with, and Harbaugh turned out not to be that, even though he's a great coach. So right. That's, yeah, that kind of flipped on him, which is really interesting. I think uh, uh, Shanahan kind of just looking at it right now, he kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Uh, you see he is a guy that you would like to hang out with, and you've seen you working those guys hang out, which you probably never saw like uh, Jim or you, you probably never saw Jay York and Shanahan hanging out at each other's houses yeah, and drinking uh, and having beers. Like, yeah, Harbaugh didn't hang out and, and share a glass of wine with, uh, with the Yorks. I don't think very often, but, but Shanahan does have that other side where it's like, I'm here to win football games and I'm going to do it my way and can kind of be an a-hole about it a little bit, just the way he kind of goes about it. So I, I think Shanahan and maybe York identified this. Hey, kind of gives me the best of both worlds. I feel comfortable around him. All right, more on Kyle Shanahan, more on John Lynch, why they got extended, what they're doing really well right now to put this team in a position to go win a Super Bowl. 
Cowboys. A lot of a lot of talk about those Dallas Cowboys in the chat, Croc. So we're gonna have to go there as well. Getting upset by the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe the NFC West isn't as bad as we thought uh, at the at the at the bottom of the division. And I think I I think there I do know what team is the worst in the NFL now. And maybe it's not the Arizona Cardinals and uh, some X 49ers putting up seventy points in Miami next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager. For your small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. It spreads the word that you're hiring. And why would you not spread the word at LinkedIn. Everyone's on LinkedIn already, right? I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Your job seekers will be on LinkedIn. Then you utilize simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. I want to go to this comment really quick from Jan Uh, York using the Rooney family's blueprint, maybe more than the, uh, than the Eddie than his uncle Eddie's blueprint. Um, I, I think, I mean, the Roonies are so unique in how stable they are. The, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, my co-host for the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Matt Williamson, by the way, check it out, subscribe, talk about the entire league daily there with, uh, with Williamson, a former NFL scout used to write for ESPN, does a lot of work in the Pittsburgh area now. And uh, he's 50. He just turned 50 recently. Williamson did. There's been three head coaches for the Steelers in his lifetime. We're talking all going all the way back to 1969. They've had three different head coaches. It was Chuck Knoll, and then it was um, uh, with the chin, blanking on his name right now. Uh, uh, Bill Cower. Bill Cower, and then it was, uh, and then it was Mike. Um, I'm blanking on his name too. What's what's wrong with me? Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, thank you. Uh, that's it. Hey, hey, don't worry. Hey, I get like that too. We watch so much football and we have taken so much information. The, name, the names start getting weird. You can see the face in your head, but yeah. the names, I start to have scr- scr- uh, scrabble brain as well. So I think that's why scouts always call, they are, they're always saying, ah, the kid from Southern Miss, you know, ah, oh, the kid from Northwestern, you know, oh, 15. They just use the numbers because like, that's too many names in my head. I can't, I, and every time I, I, I learn about a new draft class, it just like, memories from my childhood disappear because I'm putting new prospect names, 300 new names in my head that I'm trying to remember uh, every April. But the Roonies are- They say you only use like 10% of your brain. You only use like 10% of your brain. And we're we're trying to stretch that 10% out. And they're like, no, we're on overload right now with all these names. So you have to forget some names so you can bring some new ones in. <laughs> yeah, like no, no, 10% is the maximum. Like you're, you're normally at 8%. We will go to 10 sometimes for you, but that's it. Uh, but the Roonies are the most stable, you know, the, the Steelers, are the most stable organization. It'd be nice if the 49ers were starting something like that. But, you know, it's crazy, Croc. You think about Uncle Eddie and uh, the Bill Walsh 49ers. Bill Walsh only only coached the, the 49ers for 10 years. Shanahan and Lynch are, are in year seven now. Imagine if Shanahan in three years after, yeah, in three more years just said, eh, I'm good and walked away. 
right? Well, uh, right. That, that would be that would be strange. Is he handing it off to George Seifert? Because that was kind of a good exchange there for the Niners. Yeah, that? that worked out well for the 49ers, and they did get one who, more ring with Seifert. Who would be there? Who would be there, Seifert? Well, it would have been Mike McDaniel. But I guess no, because he's because he would be turning it over. It would have been more like D'Amico Ryan's, I guess. But I don't think I'd they have that guy now. They've been poached so hard, they don't have that guy anymore. Yeah. Could be Steve I, I think it, Steve, no. I, I, I just, it doesn't – well, you, you never know how the, how the players uh, react to him. But mm-hmm. uh, it would have been nice right now, especially if you're watching the Miami Dolphins. It probably would have been nice if it was Mike McDaniel. Man, there's so many bad coaching staffs and bad teams around the league, too. I think that's a huge part of it. Like, the Yorks get along with Shanahan and Lynch. They respect each other. They all work great together. And you look at some of these bad teams and bad organizations, there's so much turnover. It's like, why would you even entertain the idea of, you know, it's like, no, please, let's let's keep going with this. This was a great team. We're, we're working together. And I think it's the best thing that they've done, Croc. I think the number one thing Shanahan and Lynch have done is work together. Shanahan wants a guy, Lynch goes and gets him, right? And the fact that they're willing to sign another extension together shows that. I, I think it's it's how well they work together has been the most important part of it. They've gotten some things wrong. They've gotten a lot right. It's been a little unorthodox. You wouldn't draw it up this way, but they've gotten here and they're competitive guys. And when the best left tackle is available for trade, they're calling on them. When the best running back in the league is available for trade, they're calling on them. They're competitive. They're trying to be a great football team. They're not just trying to say, ah, oh, we're just going to do it this one way and that's it. So uh, I, I think it's a collaborative effort and it's that, it's been really important for the 49ers. I think my biggest pushback on that, and again, I'm, I'm more of a risk taker. You know, if you see me this week on Underdog Fantasy, I'm killing it right now. I'm on a heater, heater mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I'm bringing in a couple thousand dollars or whatever. But anyways, I'm a risk taker. All right, I'm a gamble a little bit. And I just feel like like I'm not about playing it safe. So, yes, the 49ers have a great thing right now with Shanahan. And as long as it's great, cool. But the way that they've kind of put themselves in this situation where you kind of – I don't want to say stuck with them because, again, right now it looks to be like something really good. But there's a – portion of the fan base that thinks, well, if not Kyle Shanahan, then who? And if you let go of Kyle Shanahan right now, 10 teams will be lined up to sign him. And it's like, well, yeah, but we haven't wanted the championship with him. Like, you know, if I'm Jay York, it's like, I still want that. Like, I want you to strive for that. And I'm pretty sure Kyle does. If you look at how much he's aged <laughs> since signing, I was telling my wife, I'm like, this guy has aged like the president um, since they brought him in. But so clearly he is really trying. And, and we see him do that. And I think some of his moves show like he's really trying. But at what point is really trying not enough? Now, now, again, we're not there right now. I think there would have to be like a losing season in there. You haven't seen that, um, you know, as of late. And I don't even see that coming. Uh, they clearly are doing a really good job. You talked about some bad coaching around the league. I don't want to be whatever the hell is going on with the Broncos. <laughs> and shoes is uh, the Minnesota Vikings. They're 0-3. Like, I, I do not want to be that. But no. I do think there's a lot of people that think, Oh, you can't do any better than Kyle. And it's like, well, it reminds me of a boyfriend, girlfriend, and like maybe the boyfriend is toxic and the girlfriend is like, well, I, you know, look, he has a good job and, you know, I just have to worry about this with him, even though like that one thing might be kind of big and, and make him not a good person and you feel like you just can't do better, you know? I mean, there's other coaches out. Like, what about the guy from um, Detroit Lions, Johnson? Is that his name? He's an officer coordinator right now. Like, he's cooking. You know, there are guys around the league that are good coaches, but. And the 49ers do have a good situation right now. I feel I wish that York would just make them like 
I don't want to say earn it because they have, I feel like they have earned it, but he keeps re-upping them before them really like crossing the finish line at least once. Yeah, I, I get what you mean because they're already under contract unless there was like some big negotiations where like we want to be paid more kind of thing or Lynch is like, I might be out of here if I don't get paid more because I can make a whole lot more money doing this other thing. Or, you know, because, yeah, it's like win the Super Bowl, then it's like, okay, here's that big extension too, right? I'm with you. And, like, maybe we're different because we grew up seeing the 49ers win Super Bowls, and that's the expectation here. Um, Having a Super Bowl competitive roster is one thing, and the 49ers have been there, but winning it is something else entirely. And and that's sort of where we were at, Croc, with with the whole Trey Lance thing. It's like, man, if lighting three first-round picks on fire ends up being the thing that keeps you from being able to go win the Super Bowl because we already like we were already operating from a place where it's like this is a Super Bowl caliber team, this is a playoff team, they're a really good team. So when we're talking about like the Trey Lance stuff, it's like that was the worst move ever. We weren't that doesn't mean oh, but the team sucks, you should fire everybody. It's like is this is is this you're not perfect, right? Is this move enough to keep you from winning that Super Bowl? Because in the end, that's what you're still trying to do. Uh, Doctor Steve Steve Brule in the chat by the way makes a great point. Shanny's ability to get coaching talent is elite too. And I absolutely agree there. I think that's one of his best skills is not only the way he coaches, but finding other coaches as well. And we're seeing his coaches around the league out coaching a lot of dudes that are, uh, that are really famous names. And not just out coaching a lot of dudes, but his, his coaches, they were good for him and then go to other places and are great. We've seen, man, who's, whose staff keeps camp. Bill Belichick is like, Yes, they, they work for him, but then they go to other places, and it's like, go back to New England. You stink. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> You're not seeing that. that. You're not seeing that. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, you coached with Kyle. Okay, I'm going to hire you in Green Bay. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, went to an NFC championship game. We're winning playoff games. Like, we're good. Uh, when Want to come from behind game today with Jordan Love at quarterback? You're starting to kind of get him going a little bit. Great coach. Oh, you go and coach with Zach Taylor. He's kind of from that tree, right? You go and coach in Cincinnati. Looks bad at first. Oh, you get your quarterback. Oh, man, all of a sudden, back-to-back in, in the AFC championship uh, appearances, you go to a Super Bowl, right? Uh, and now the newest one, McDaniel, and you see what he's doing. And it's like, oh, go score 70 points. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, they, this is not the Belichick coaching tree. This is like guys no. that are operating on a very high level. Very different level, absolutely. Um, next, Croc, let's talk about one of those coaches, Mike McDaniel, just thumping the Broncos. 70 points they put on him, Croc? 70? 7-0? And a couple of W's in the NFC West Sunday with the Rams yet to play as well. Coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you burn your last piece of toast? Did your avocados go bad? Shame on you, first of all, if your avocados go bad. You got to eat those things up uh, while they're still prime. Big avocado guy over here. My wife would lose her mind if we didn't have avocados. So you know what we do? We call DoorDash to make sure we get some delivered right to our door. Is your hot sauce bottle empty? Try grocery deliver delivery from DoorDash. Uh, you'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. If you need fresh groceries for the whole week or you just need that one emergency item from DoorDash, you can get that too. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actual actually delivers too. Uh, you'll get exactly what you ordered, or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out for yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order 
up to $20 value when you use code locked on NFL at checkout. It's a limited time offer terms apply, but when you use our promo code, that's 50% off up to $20, no min subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code locked on NFL. Don't forget that's code locked on NFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. So Croc, if, if we're looking at the, uh, the Shanahan sort of McVay-ish tree. I think Shanahan and McVay are top five coaches in the NFL right now. Andy Reid is up there. I would put McDaniel up there right now, especially if you're talking about offensive coaches. Uh, Matt LaFleur, he's done amazing work now with multiple quarterbacks, not just Aaron Rodgers, right? Because that's one of the big things. You see Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur split up. Okay, LaFleur's still good. Rodgers, I think that would have gone well for him, but he tore his Achilles, right? You see Shanahan and, and McDaniel. They split apart. And, you know, some people would say, oh, McDaniel's nothing without Shanahan. Or, oh, man, maybe McDaniel was the real genius behind Shanahan all this time anyway, right? But they split apart. Both of them are are cooking right now. So if you look around the league, I mean, that tree's going crazy. And uh, I think I'd probably put, you know, it's Belichick, of course. And uh, you know, three, dude, Belichick, things not going good for Or he was nearly 0-3. He was 1-2. Um, they barely beat the Jets. Uh, Belichick and Reed, right? And then the next four or five guys are all the Shanahan McVeigh group. They're doing a terrific job, that group. And you look at the thumpings they're putting on teams. I mean, that was kind of disrespectful the way they beat the Denver Broncos. And you, you beat a team that bad. And I tweeted this out. <laughs> I remember a coach, we had a bad loss when I was in college. And the coach said, Heads got a roll. And I'm like, What does that mean? Like, people have to lose their jobs. Like, when you lose that bad, people got to lose their jobs. And you get dumped, and you give up 70 points in an NFL game. I always talk about how the talent isn't as drastic of a difference as people think, right? Like, the fans. The fans think, like, the starters are all these great guys and the backups are all these scrubs. And it's like, no, it's actually, like, a very small difference between a starter and a backup most of the time. And really, there's only a few freaks on the roster, right? So when you get thumped like that, where it's clear you don't belong on the same field at all with this team, whether you're the Chicago Bears, they got thumped as well by Kansas City. And we kind of see that coming because of, you know, Justin Fields led offense and all those guys. It's just not working. All right. But the, the Broncos, like you have Russell Wilson. Like he's a veteran quarterback. You should not get thumped like that at home. Heads got to roll. And you had what, and, you and that's by the, at the hands of uh, uh, McDaniel, though. Like McDaniel is the one that's causing that. Whatever he's doing to put a certain level of stress on the opposing defenses, I mean, it is, it's, it's a lot. And I, st- I'm starting to see some of this. I've seen that little tight end, and then I saw the 49ers start doing it. I first saw it with Miami, though. So some people are kind of stealing some of the tricks that McDaniel is pulling out. That little short, fast motion. Then McDaniel's doing a ton of it. And by the way, the only team that uses pre-snap motion more than the 49ers is McDaniel's Dolphins. But that fast motion that's actually motioning away from the team, you know, away from the center instead of across the field, right? Which is where, you know, motions you usually think of going that way, kind of going away from the ball. Uh, that's really interesting to see a lot more teams doing that. But do you want me to elaborate on that? I, yes. Like, I want you to like, tell me how McDaniel's putting up 70 points. Not only is he putting up 70 points, he got Tyree Kill. Two is doing a good job. Uh, but Raheem Mostert started that game. River Craycraft started that game for, for Waddle, and they put up 70. 
most of it went crazy. I mean, he's just too yeah. fast. They had uh, Devin A. Chain, uh, that yeah. running back. Like, he's too fast. Tyreek Hill, he had 150 yards right away. Like, he's too fast. There's too much speed. And then when you start to throw in that motion, and I've seen the 49ers start to do it with George Kittle. I see the Miami Miami uh, uh, Dolphins do it with Tyreek Hill sometimes at that spot. It throws everything off. Every Every movement that you see from the offense, there's a change in – how you have to approach it from a defensive standpoint. All right. So when when I when I'm on defense, all right, and I see a guy motion away or motion to me, it changes my responsibility. And when you're doing it fast, especially if you're not anticipating it happening, it changes what you have to do and it could throw you off. And I think that's why you're seeing that and guys are just wide open. I'm seeing it in college football. I'm seeing it all over this last week. I don't know how many times I've seen it. A ton. But guys are like open off of it and i'm so confused by it but i think the defense is confused by it too because it throws off people's responsibilities it's pretty amazing uh i love seeing it rooting for mcdaniel rooting for mostert love that dude so it's, it's kind of cool to see them doing well over there and who knows we might see these two teams playing in february because if i had to put money on which teams are gonna make the super bowl right now for the nfc and the afc it'd be the 49ers it'd be the miami dolphins and you know who it would not be croc the Dallas Cowboys, who lost to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday? Are you kidding me? Uh, that was one I did not see coming. Uh, maybe this was uh, maybe the, the Cowboys were looking two weeks ahead, worried about the 49ers. They dropped one to the Cardinals, 28-16 in Arizona. That that one shocked me a little bit, Croc. It definitely shocked me. Uh, you, we didn't see that happening. I think a lot of it is you kind of look at the quarterback position and Dobbs. And, you know, Dobbs has been a solid backup, but not like a starting level quarterback in the NFL. And to see him just really handle business right away, ripped up a 44-yard run because the Dallas Cowboys, you see he was able to move the ball. They had explosive plays. They got the rookie receiver, Wilson, out of Stanford. He's making play. He caught a big ball uh, uh, on the crosser and had a nice catch and run towards the end where every time the Cowboys tried to answer and kind of respond to something, the, the Cardinals somehow just hit them in the mouth and just said, hold, hold on, we're going to hold you off a little bit. We're going to keep you at arm's distance. So shout out to the Cardinals. I think a lot of 49er fans, I know one in, in particular who talked to me, said, oh, yeah, I'm not even worried about the Cardinals. Uh, focus on the Dallas Cowboys week five. And I think now it's like, uh, this is why and fans get on me about this because I never come off as if the 49ers are just this team that's going to just blow everybody out. Uh, no matter who they play. It's like, oh, they're playing the, the Giants on Thursday night football. Uh, just rest your starters. And I, I have way more respect for teams. And I think now when you see how the Dallas Cowboys went into Arizona, I don't know how, how much or little respect they have for Arizona, but clearly everyone walked away thinking, I don't know if they're good or bad, but I know it is a team that when the 49ers play them next Sunday, you have to take them very seriously. Yep. Cowboys lost a big piece of their defense, Trevon Diggs too, with the ACL this week. Uh, and, and the Cardinals twice – twice in a row, two weeks in a row, have put up big points in the first half, have come out hot. Joshua Dobbs is looking a lot better for the Cardinals than I expected him to look. So the 49ers are going to be prepared, and this is probably the best thing that could happen for the 49ers. Uh, you're not going to be sneaking up, and I don't think they are they were going to be snuck up on anyway, but you get a couple weeks now to prepare and, and, and look at some tape, so it's not like they're going to do something that you weren't prepared to see. After a couple weeks, I think that helps for the 49ers, and uh, they're not going to sneak up on you because you've seen them go – up and and take a lead on on playoff teams from last year two weeks in a row now with the cardinals so clearly the cardinals aren't as bad as uh as we maybe thought they were going to be coming in the year and it's the same story for the rams we'll see what happens with them in prime time uh that game has not happened yet this week um the worst team in the nfl though is probably the chicago bears croc like that is a disaster 
Uh, yeah. Turns out there's a lot of people are like, oh, you, who cares? The, they, they were playing bad on defense. Who cares that the uh, the defensive coordinator resigned this week because of whatever's going on with him? And it's like, no, that's still not good for your football team. I mean, they got completely thumped. Like, they're, they can't do anything right. The Bears look completely lost everywhere right now, and obviously they played the, the Chiefs. So um, that was a 41-10 final, and the next worst team might be the – the Carolina Panthers. And guess what? The Bears have the Panthers pick. So I thought it was going to be the Cardinals and maybe the Texans pick, which the Cardinals own. They ended up being the first two picks in the draft. And who knows? They could still be three and four. They could be one, two. But um, the Cardinals and Bears might end up, end, up open a, end, end up owning most of the top five picks in this NFL draft this year. But, man, it might be the Bears in, in one, two with that Panthers pick, too, from trading back with the Panthers. Panthers lost 37-27 with the Red Rifle. Uh, Andy Dalton at quarterback instead of Bryce Young this week. Yeah, fun watching the NFC West and just kind of looking at how they play. I watched a ton of that Seahawks game as well. Uh, you see their usage of Kenneth Walker. They actually threw a go ball to him. Like they lined him up on the outside. He was one out there wide and just ran a straight go route. And I don't know what uh, Robinson, Dante Robinson, the cornerback from the Panthers, I don't know what he was looking at, but maybe he just said, oh, he's out here as a decoy. And a lot of times you see the running backs run that little kind of stop route and you do some things off of that with number two. But he ran a go and they threw it to him down the sideline. He caught passes. He caught passes out the backfield. I thought he ran, ran, ran well. And then all of a sudden they give you a dose of Zach Charbonnet, who he didn't have a bunch of touches in, uh, in the first half. Second half, he starts to get going. He's running the ball well. He's running strong. He runs over a guy on the sideline and looks at him like going into the end zone. I mean, it was a shellacking of the Seahawks, and I think the score makes it look closer than what it felt like when you were watching it. It felt like the Seahawks were always in uh, control of that game. But, again, it's a Pete Carroll-led team. They will be competitive, and I think they were competitive today. They've been competitive uh, throughout the games. Even, you know, they had an ugly loss against the Rams. But the Cardinals, and I can't wait to see the Rams uh, come up on Monday, but the Cardinals, uh, that's an interesting one. I think they still are not good. But at the very least, they showed you that even though we're not where we want to be, we will fight. And that reminds me a lot of like the 2017 49ers where, you know, they started 0-9 and at one point lost five straight games by less than three or by three or less points. Right. It's like, man, you're losing. You look at the record like they're not winning. They're going to have a high draft pick. But. They also are like they will fight like you have to really kind of work to beat them. And that feels like that might be the Cardinals. Yeah, and uh, as was pointed out in the chat, Cliff Kingsbury might have been a, just a really terrible coach too. So you just get legit NFL coaches in there, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, even the, the with a, not a great roster, they start playing a lot better. So that could be a big part of it with the Cardinals. Yeah. So right now, still with the a commanding the 49ers, a commanding lead in the NFC West, three and zero. Seahawks at two and one. The one and one Rams play on Monday night, and then the Arizona Cardinals now at one. And two, and there are what three other zero and three teams in the NFC: the Bears, the Vikings, and the Panthers, all zero and three right now. And uh, the 49ers, the only three and zero team, the Philadelphia Eagles could uh, get to three and zero here uh, on Monday Night Football as well. Good stuff. Thanks everybody for jumping in on the live chat. And appreciate all the everydayers out there, no matter when it is that you watch or listen. Locked on 49ers. Make sure you are subscribed up. Hit the like and the notification on YouTube. And, of course, you can find us everywhere. You get your podcasts. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.